0: Welcome to Dumb Love. I'm Sally Brooks and I'm Jen oneill Smith and this is a podcast about all of the dumb things that people will do for love. So welcome to episode 124. Notice, there's not a 0. .5 in front of that because we got a full episode for you today. <laughs>
1: yeah, look we at us did keeping it. our word. We did a full episode. I mean, it's we haven't done anything great. yet, but <laughs> we are both prepared. We are here, and uh, barring something that may happen, uh, we're going to get a full episode. You guys, let us know. Yeah, can you guys uh, hear all the? Okay. There's a lot of, as you guys know, sad
0: divorce apartment. I've been recording out of it and I'm next to a huge construction site. The, wah, wah, wah. the sound is so bad today that I am in a corner of a bedroom with a microphone propped up on a cooler <laughs> and a styrofoam cubby um, trying to make this work for you guys. <laughs> but. The good thing is this is the very last day that I will ever have to record from Sad Divorce Apartment.
1: Oh, it's a sad divorce miracle. It is. <laughs> it's a celebration. So guys, enjoy those construction sounds while you can. You should never <laughs>
0: hear again. Watch me say that, and then my neighbor starts renoing their house.
1: Right. <laughs> I was going to say, your street is always kind of under construction, so. <laughs>
0: I know. I can't get away from
1: it. Yeah. But man, this is gonna, This is a big day. Big it day. Is. Yeah. As exciting as that is, I think what I want to know and what all of our listeners want to know is, how did the Night Clipper stakeout go? Night Clipper <laughs> clips at night. He did clip at night. Well, he clipped <gasps> early in the morning,
0: but not on Monday like everybody thought that he was going to. No. They prepared for Monday, and he clipped on Tuesday. No. And I, I don't want to be... A conspiracy theorist or an alarmist, but Sally, yeah. do you think he listens to our podcast?
1: <laughs> well, obviously. I mean, it isn't everybody. <laughs> or one of you guys tipped him off. Which but, one of you guys is friends with the night clipper? And then told him. <laughs> but he clipped like even more
0: furiously than ever.
1: It was no like a way. real intense clipping. <laughs> do they get really, it on video?
0: Yeah. <gasps> I've seen it, no. and it was full of rage. <laughs> so yeah, he's still out there. And He's
1: clipping, clipping like he's never clipped before. Can you tell me what what were the details of the stakeout? Was your source there? Were what did they learn about? I actually what don't, would have happened. I
0: actually don't know any of that information, Jen. I'm a this really is bad our main journalist.
1: <laughs> I you're, forgot to ask.
0: You're our Night Clipper correspondent. I know. I know. Like this is why I'm bad at the news. I didn't ask.
1: <laughs> I just received the information and said,
0: got it. Thanks. But I didn't ask <laughs> any follow-up questions.
1: Well, you know what? I feel like we've given the people enough for this episode. So let's save that update for the next episode i'll get you guys some more information <laughs> i want to know what kind of uh what kind of spread what, what did they did he smell like where oh. did they hide all of those things
0: <laughs> i'll find out
1: yeah find out for me uh that's amazing always love a night clipper update and also love uh getting out of the sad divorce apartment update dude things are too. coming up jen things <laughs> yes
0: Oh, man. It's going to be such a relief. I can't wait. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's get into our quickies. Let's do it. Oh, I guess I'm going first this week. You're Um, up, man. Remember how, like, was it two weeks ago I did the quickie about the Burger King wedding? Yes. And then there was, like, the KFC proposal. I've done that one before. Yes. And you've been real bitter
1: that you haven't gotten anything from Taco Bell I know. (laughs) It's bullshit. (laughs) but I'm beginning to realize
0: that a lot of love goes down in fast food restaurants including this quickie that came this is from <laughs> daily.com dot, dot, uh, daily dot dot by uh-huh. Phil West um, and it is about a TikTok um, a TikToker caught a couple really going at it in a Whataburger drive through
1: Oh,
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess he was in the drive-thru and then he realized that the car in front of him, uh, you know, I guess, you know, was at night and he was looking forward and then his eyes adjusted and he was like, oh, holy shit, that couple is having sex <gasps> in the Water burger drive-thru. And he recorded it and he put it on TikTok and it got over 4.1 million views. And that was just since Monday when he put it up. So the video, he posted it on TikTok and apparently it's like you can tell what's happening just by like the silhouettes of the people, but it's not actually like You can't really see them having sex. So I guess that's why it was able to stay up on TikTok for as long as it did. So people went crazy for it, of course. And actually when it was going down, a bunch of cars that were in the Whataburger line um, realized what was going on and everybody started honking and hooting and hollering, (laughs) which you would think that they would stop. (laughs)
1: <laughs> but they did. But it. no. <laughs> but oh. no. Um, they were like, they're cheering us on. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing it. We're really doing it.
0: And so <laughs> the best part about this story, though, is everybody's uh, all, like all the commenters on TikToks yeah. and uh, little jokes and quips that they uh, said about this couple, um, which was one person said they was going in and out in a What a Burger line. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah! And then another one said, you sure it wasn't a
0: smash burger? Okay. So, Sally, like, these are all puns for, puns for Sally. Um, and one said, uh, what a baby coming soon, LOL. <laughs> what if that's where you conceived your baby? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you say that you think yours had something to do with McDonald's? um i have made the joke which is is oh it's a a joke it's it's, a bit
1: on stage it is a bit on stage but it is the truth in is that uh like when so when (laughs) is Is this do you not want to talk about this no 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 i mean i've said i've done this bit on stage for quite a while i was just trying to remember um so when I recorded my album, uh, Sally and, Brooks was here. It's available yeah. on iTunes and all the things. Go get it. Yeah, yeah, go get it. And I got very drunk afterwards because what a you know what a success. And then we were Ben was driving and I we were going back to hotel and I was like go through McDonald's I want McDonald's <laughs> and then we got to the hotel and I literally had the thought of like because i'm drunk and i wanted to have hotel relations and but i was like but i don't want my cheeseburger to get cold and so i was like let's hurry up and do this and then we didn't think about the consequences and now we have five-year-olds oh god sally Yours is a fast food love story too. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I do. Like and we were like, well, this is. It was like one of those months where I literally was like on the road every other day. Matt or Ben came and met me in Cincinnati for my album recording. So we were like, that was it. Like that was a night, <laughs> like very, uh, yeah, so wow. romantic. <laughs> I mean, at this point, our whole podcast
0: should just be sponsored by fast food restaurants. I don't know why it's not McDonald's and Taco Bell and Burger King. Are you listening? <laughs> we need money.
1: Thank Come you. Come Thank you, Drew. <laughs> uh, it, that made me think of – that story made me think of – I. we had a friend who was like going to um, – oh, gosh – what is that one that has milkshakes, steaks, and fries? Steak been- and shake? Or- steak and shake! What's <laughs> the one? Uh,
0: it has uh, steaks and uh, shakes.
1: <laughs> it's got the steak that and That uh, The steak and shake, yes. So he was going through the drive-thru, and then all of a sudden he says, um, That the cops were knocking at his door and he was like, what the hell? And he had passed out in the drive-thru lane. Oh, my God. And there were all these people behind him. Obviously not a good move because that means he was very drunk uh, and also then got a DUI. But can you imagine waking up in the drive-thru lane and being like, oh, shit? No. (laughs) Because they were just like, I mean, people were like, we can't. He just like passed out as he's waiting for like in the middle, after ordering his food, but before getting it.
0: <laughs> oh no! I've definitely been in the passenger seat where I woke up and I was like, "What the fuck is happening?
1: <laughs> Where'd my food go? <laughs> Where's my junior bacon cheeseburger?" <laughs> like you ate it. <laughs> well, that's a good one, dude. I love it. Thanks.
0: It was a quick quickie, but I felt like it had quick, to quickie. be. It had to be told.
1: It had to be told. Um, so my quickie comes from the New York post, um, by a writer named Asia Grace. Okay. So Jen, you are new into online dating, uh, but you have figured out how much it sucks. So let me, (laughs) (laughs) let me ask you this. You, you are not ready for a serious relationship, but when you are How much would you pay for a dating guru to help you figure out online dating? To figure out online dating? Yeah. Well, let me ask you this after you hear her results. So this woman named Sarah, who is a financial services specialist, um, she was ready to delete all of her dating accounts. She'd been online dating for years. And then she met this woman. Which I have, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. She met this woman named Amy Noble Uh or Nobile. Um, who is a dating guru. And Sarah says that hiring Amy for help in the dating room was definitely a major financial investment, but her help was literally invaluable because Sarah met her husband on Bumble after uh, after hiring Amy and in 2019, and they got married this summer. So, okay. So do you want to guess how much... A dating guru in New York City costs? In New York City?
0: I'm going to say something ridiculous like $400,000. Okay.
1: Is that too ridiculous? That's too ridiculous.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'll say something less ridiculous like $30,000.
1: I mean, still too ridiculous? (laughs) $10,000. $10,000. <laughs> that's r- ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But it's New
0: York. I mean, there's so many people with ridic- that spend ridiculous amounts of money on ridiculous things. I Maybe know. it's just because I watch real husbands of New York and I'm that's the playground that I'm observing. <laughs> you think Ramona wouldn't spend
1: $400,000 on a dating guru? I <laughs> mean, would. I I can't. I don't. So, this woman, Amy <laughs> Nobile, she's a 52 year old divorced mother of two. She lives in the West Village and she launched her online dating service, which is called Love Amy in 2018. She used to be in public relations. Um, and she says actually that her business has grown 200% during the pandemic. Um, Wow. She started doing this after her 20-year marriage ended. And, of course, then she started dating. And she says, I was going on four to six dates a day, which is like, what the fuck? How is her time? I know. Well, I mean, you know, she – her job. Oh, that makes sense. uh, She says that after four months of making every mistake on the apps, like not filling out her about me bio or only posting party girl pics on her profile, she cracked the code. She says she finally met her boyfriend of three years, who's like the guy of her dreams, when she updated her dating profile to showcase who I really am and what my core values are. And she says the key to being successful on all the apps is to display all the characteristics that make you unique. So... Do you want to know what you get for $10,000? A t shirt. (laughs) that says date me i fucked around on bumble and all i got was a stupid (laughs) t-shirt maybe we should start become dating gurus (laughs) Uh, so she says she gets to know each client on an intimate level she does a nine-page intake questionnaire and then she revamps their dating profiles And then she also does like professional photo shoots for clients and works with them on their flirting techniques. So let me ask you, do you know what flies are? No. Those are flirty eyes. So apparently you're supposed to coyly gaze into a potential partner's eyes for three seconds while flashing a flirty smirk. I can only imagine how dumb that would look on me, but (laughs) I think you should try it. I'm going to try it on you tonight. Try it on our me. Show. Give me some- I'm
0: going to flies you. <laughs>
1: flies me. Give, you me. give me your, your, your
0: Give me your tips.
1: <laughs> um, she says that she has even gone on dates like Cyrano de Bergerac style. Oh, Is really? That- with yes, like an earpiece? So she, yeah, she'll like guide like, them. Oh, my God. And sometimes she even like – she has like iPads that are dedicated to her clients. And so she'll get on their profiles and communicate with – potential matches. She says, like, I just set them up to like start the banter and start the flirting. So you could be like communicating with some dating guru. That is some of these guys that you're meeting. That's catfishing. Is it not? Uh, You would think, but she says, I just get the ball rolling. I'm sort of like a set of training wheels on a bike. She says the chemistry has to be established over the phone. Um, And she says that she can't guarantee that her clients will make a lasting love connection. Uh, they have a four month contract, but she says uh, that she offers clients an extent, like a 2,500 month to month basis extension. She said 30% of her clients meet their person within the first four months. For the other 70%, it takes around six months to a year. Wow. And she says she's confident in her approach, but most of her clients won't talk about it publicly. So who knows? She said most people won't Tell, we'll tell almost no one they've hired a dating coach. It has a sad stigma, a sad stigma. Um, okay. So do you want her top dating tip? Sure. This Let's, is for free, but okay. you can pay me $2,500 if you want. I will. Um, okay. So this is a, she's a four point checklist that she uses. She asks her clients to use on a third date to determine if, They are this romance is going to turn into a partnership on a third date on the third date. So basically, like if you get to the third date, then you go through this checklist. And if they don't, if they don't pass, then you like say, see you later. It's not going to be a lasting match. Okay. so by the third date, you have to have a mutual connection. It has to be your match have to be connecting on some level, spiritually, physically, intellectually, emotionally, some level. We both like pizza. I love pizza. You love pizza. You get it. Okay. You have to make sure your core <laughs> values are aligned. So make sure you have similar perspectives on family, lifestyle, religion, career goals, pizza, that kind of thing. Then you engage their emotional maturity. Engage their- By telling
0: maturity. them a fart joke and
1: see if they laugh. See if they're- Is that it? funny. Dude. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they say whether good gauge is if they're emotionally available is if they're clearly articulating their feelings rather than throwing tantrums or ghosting, which is like, well, yeah, yeah, that's like a good good gauge of anyone. And if they wait, so you, what do you
0: do to gauge
1: this? What do you say? Do you like poke them with a stick? It says observe how your match <laughs> expresses themselves in different scenarios. So I think you like set up different scenarios for them, like like pull, you know, like like put a dollar on the ground and see if they pick it up. (laughs) (laughs) well you
0: pull it away a little at a time you call the abc show what would you do and you just fuck with them for a whole meal see how they handle those situations
1: that's how you engage you gauge their emotional you find
0: a baby any baby you set it down in the middle of the restaurant do they care
1: (laughs) do they not do they
0: pretend do they look the other way
1: when the baby's crying Yes. I think that's – I okay. feel like that's like, exactly. And then okay. you ask yourself, are they ready? Because it's important <laughs> to know that your match is ready for the type of relationship you want. You need to be clear about the love you desire and what that looks like to you. So there you go, Jan. That are – those are her four tips. I feel like you, when you're ready, now I got to tell you, that all sounds so exhausting. <laughs> it sounds exhausting. I'll and be under like, my weighted
0: blanket. watching Housewives. Eating pizza. Eating pizza and drinking some wine. We'll see if I meet anybody doing that. We'll see see what happens.
1: I mean, I'll come over. I'll bring my little blanket. (laughs) Nice. (laughs)
0: And while you're watching Housewives. Now I have two weighted blankets because I have one from my sad divorce apartment and then one at my actual house that I'm now bringing back. And then I'm bringing that one back (gasps) to the house so we can have twin... Oh, my God. We can have
1: a a blanket party. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this sounds so fun. Don't meet anyone ever. (laughs) I won't. I promise. (laughs) Save yourself from me. Hey, Sally. Hey, Jen. Are you ready for a crazy story this week? I mean, I've been waiting like Six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> the people have been waiting, so yes, we're ready, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, well, this got- is not on you. This is this last week was not on you. That was on me. Wow. And then I don't think the other weeks were on you either. No, You've got things. They're all on you. No, I'm kidding. They're on,
0: <laughs> they're on both I think like of us. We were, we're a team Jill for everything. We're a team. This is all on Jill. Thanks, Jill. It's all on Jill. Okay, okay. so my um story this week came from an article for 10tv.com, an article for thelantern.com written by Lauren Hallow, the blog mylifeofcrime.wordpress.com, and also an episode of Who the bleep did
1: I marry? (gasps) Oh, I love who the bleep did I marry. Who the bleep did I marry? That's what I (laughs) I want to know.
0: In the early summer of 2008, Jamie Hart, who is from Columbus, Ohio, have you heard of it, Sally? Yes, I have. Because you're from Ohio. Right? That's right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh Do you even know me? Oh, wrong about our friendship this
1: whole time? Um <laughs> funny. I have a I always have that like when I say I'm like so sure about something. Like usually it's like somebody's husband's name. And I'm like, so ask da 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 you know, and then I'm like, Oh my god, did I just say the totally wrong name? I like, know. It's like you get that like anxiety of like, uh oh. <laughs>
0: I know. And you just wait for them to correct you or stop talking to you for forever. Right. (laughs) Um, But um, so Jamie Hart was 27 years old um, when he went to go to his local coffee shop, uh, which is in Columbus, Ohio, where Sally's from. (laughs) <laughs> not exactly Columbus, but Ohio, yes. Okay. <laughs> See, I don't know. Anyway, um uh so he was single and looking for love at the time and he had dated a bunch, uh, but never really found the one. Obviously because he didn't pay ten thousand dollars for the dating service. Exactly.
1: Get a I already forgot that lady's name who
0: only (laughs) dated for four months to tell you how to do it. Exactly. (laughs) I love that. I love when it's somebody who when I say I love, I'm I'm saying this and I like I don't love it. Um, When people that have very little experience in something then call themselves an expert on something.
1: Oh, it's always yeah that like people who. Are like, ooh, I figured out how to lose weight for my body, and now I'm an expert. Yeah, or like, (laughs) like, you just figured it out. I
0: picked up needlepoint this month, so now I'm going to teach a class on (laughs) needlepoint. I'm going to have a blog about it and an Instagram about it. I don't know. I just. It shouldn't annoy me. It shouldn't. Like people live there. Oh, okay. (laughs) 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 Then it does. Okay. Uh, so anyway, um, he hadn't found a one. So when he found himself in a really long line at the coffee shop, um, he realized that there was this cute girl that was standing in front of him. So he took the opportunity to start up a conversation with her. Um, he used the pickup oh. line, man, we're going to be here for a while. <laughs> and then she said, yeah. And the rest was history. So the woman that he started talking to was 27-year-old Melissa Stradney. And they hit it off immediately and even like after they got their coffees, after waiting in the line, they ended up just sitting down together and talking and then they found themselves talking for over an hour. Um, He really liked her. He thought that she was fun and quirky. She had a little cool lip ring. Like she was a real manic pixie dream girl, if you will. Um, I will. I will too. We both (laughs) will. Um, So – He, um, he also liked that she had a good career at just 27 years old. She had already had her master's degree in chemistry and she was a graduate teaching assistant at a local university. So they exchanged numbers, uh, when they got coffee. And then right away, um, like I think it was like later that night, Melissa texted him. They talked about going to see a movie together. So they went on a date and quickly things progressed over just the course of just a few months. They, you know, fell in love with each other. His friends, of course, you know, were a little nervous about how fast they were moving. Um, But they were like, you know, he seems happy and, you know, we're happy if he's happy. So After just six months of dating, actually, Melissa asked Jamie to move in with him, but he declined, you know, thinking that it was maybe a little too fast, but they still continued dating. And then um, that February, Melissa told Jamie that she was going to quit her job. And when he asked her why she was going to quit her job, you know, it was like such a good job and she loved it. She told him that there was some kind of a misunderstanding with some of her students, but he, she wouldn't really tell him any other information. Uh-huh. Um, he was just like, oh, okay. And, you know, and she quit. So, But over the next few weeks, because she was unemployed, she became like severely depressed, like that kind of depressed where she couldn't function, she couldn't get out of bed. That's when she told him that she'd always struggled with anxiety and depression for most of her life. And he was really worried about her. Um, It got so bad to the point that she ended up checking herself into a local um, treatment facility and was there for about a week. But when she got out, she had a new therapist, she was on new medication, and she seemed to be back to her old self again. And she was doing really well. And then just a few months later, um, Jamie came home and found Melissa waiting for him in his apartment, which is kind of creepy. Yeah. She told him that she had some big news for him. And um, she sat him down and she handed him a card. And when he opened it up, it said, congratulations, you're going to be a dad which is also really oh. creepy. No, <laughs> no. Um but that's some Gross. big news. That's yeah. some big news. But not only did she tell him that he was going to be a dad, but she told him that she was pregnant with triplets. What? Can you imagine? That's a lot of that's a lot of babies. That's, that's a, a lot, lot of babies, babies for ones.
1: somebody who is not trying to have a baby. Right. Or three, let alone 3.
0: Well, he actually was really excited. Because yeah. he, he said that he had always dreamed of being a dad. So he was like – and and twins actually ran in his family. So he wasn't surprised by the whole multiples thing. He was just really excited to be a dad. And so then things moved faster. Like Melissa moved in with him and they decided to get married, That the, that they would get married. They set their wedding date for that following October. He was – Really, Jamie was really excited to start a family and start a life with her. And he wanted to be there for every step of the way during the pregnancy. But he was disheartened because she kept making babies' doctor's appointments without him, uh, like checkups and stuff. And then one day she came home and told him that, oh, oh I just got an ultrasound of the, of the triplets. And he was like, great, let me see the picture. And then she told him that she had actually already mailed the pictures to her dad. And he was like, why would you do that? And she said, well, my dad really wanted to see them. He was like, you don't think I wanted to see them? And so they ended up getting into a big argument about it. Just a few days later, when Jamie came home from work, he found Melissa in the bedroom Mm -hmm. on the floor crying. And that's when she told him that she had earlier that day went to the hospital because she wasn't feeling well. And that's when she found out that she had miscarried um, the babies. Yeah. Yeah. So they were both devastated. He was really, really upset, but she was really, like, devastated. And so he kind of was like, I need to help her get through this, you yeah. know, and kind of put his feelings on the back burner. But he kind of, you know, helped her or wanted to help her get through the depression. But he also knew that he was like, I really don't want to get married. You know what I mean? Um, and But he didn't want to call off the wedding because he didn't want to be the guy that abandoned her after this horrible thing happened you know what i mean but he knew that like they weren't right together so they stayed together and her behavior got worse it wasn't just depression she became like really aggressive and really violent towards him one night he actually woke up and she was sitting on top of him hitting him and screaming at him um, she, and she told him to get the fuck out of the house, you know, like, get out of here, like, fuck, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. But then when he went to leave, she then she started screaming like, no, don't leave me, don't leave me, I'm sorry. She cried so hard for him to stay that he ended up staying with her. And then over the course of um, the next few months, things got even more weird. One night he woke up and she was sitting next to him on the bed just holding a kitchen knife. And yeah and then when he asked her what she was doing all she could say was I can't sleep. And she just sat there like staring at the knife and then um he like very calmly took the knife from her and then got her to fall asleep. But then the very next morning he called her therapist and told the therapist what happened. Like he was worried that she was going to hurt herself. Yeah. And so a few weeks later he came home and found out uh found that she was not in the apartment. She was gone, but a bunch of his personal items were gone. Like weird personal items, like family photographs and like memorabilia that's just special to him and no one else. You know, yeah, so it wasn't so like that. Was, yeah. Yeah. And when he called her to ask where his stuff went, she just started laughing into the phone and then hung up. It's like
1: a horror movie. Yeah,
0: I know. And so that's when he ended up calling his dad and was like, come help me get myself out of this house. Like, I got to get out of here. So he packed – his dad came over and they packed up and they left. And so he was completely done with the relationship, wanted nothing to do with her. He was done, but she wasn't. She would call him and threaten him daily, multiple times a day. She would show up at his work and, you know, try to confront him and things got really bad. And on December 14th, 2010, Jamie was getting out of his car to go into work one morning when he was stopped by Melissa. He asked her what she was doing there. She told him to get into her car or else is what she told him. Um, And he knew like, no, I'm not getting in your car. Like there's no way I'm going to get in your car. But then she pulled out a handgun and she shot him right in the face. What? Yeah. (gasps) So the bullet struck his left eye and he hit the ground and Melissa got in her car and took off and fleed. But several people saw this happen in the parking lot. And so they immediately called the police and within minutes, the police were chasing her car down. So there was a chase, but when she got to an intersection, they ended up ramming the back of her car and they, Pulled her out of the car at gunpoint and arrested her. Uh, But she didn't have the gun on her when they arrested her. And it's because she ended up throwing it out the window prior to that. Um, They did find the gun. But she was charged with five felonies, including attempted murder and kidnapping. So Jamie was rushed to the hospital and miraculously he survived. But it was a very rough recovery. Like the bullet went through the bottom of his tongue and then it shattered the base of his skull and then it went into his left eye he ended up having to have his left eye completely removed when the police were interrogating melissa she acted like she didn't know why she did it she actually said the phrase i'm not really a murdering person which is a uh, weird thing to say because <laughs> you murdered. You were trying to murder. Yeah, it's yeah. like she's like, but it's not really my thing.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it was just like a one off. Yeah, it's not like my whole personality. <laughs> I'm more of like I a. Mean, I don't do it every day. Kind of <laughs> I, uh, yeah,
0: she claimed that it was insanity. Basically, like she she said that you know she told them that she had anxiety and depression, that she was bipolar and manic. So she claimed. Insanity on all of this. But on June 21st, 2011, Melissa ended up accepting a plea deal of felonious assault and tampering with evidence and was sentenced to only 15 years in prison.
1: Wow. I know. It's
0: just wild. And so so Jamie later on learned more about Melissa, and he found out that she actually didn't quit her job at the university. Apparently, she had been encouraging her lab class to leave classes early and to cheat on tests. What? And so, yeah. And so when students reported her, and then when she found out that the students reported her, she started sending the students threatening emails. And then when the school found out about her threatening the students, then they fired her. And then Jamie on the episode, Jamie was like, and I think that the, I don't know if I believe if she was pregnant or not, you know, and I was yeah, like, think?
1: I don't think she was, Jamie, <laughs>
0: just saying. Oh,
1: so he's Jamie. like, yeah,
0: I don't know. That could have been a lie. I think it was a lie. But after eight surgeries, um, Jamie's skull and eye socket have been completely reconstructed, but he still suffers from PTSD and anxiety, of course. You yeah. know, how could you not? And he runs races for gun violence awareness. He runs 5Ks um, and, you know, tries to raise awareness. And um, yeah. he's also an advocate for male victims of domestic violence because that is such a undertold story. You know what yeah, I mean? absolutely. So um, I think it's important work that he's doing. Um, but Melissa is set to be released from prison in 2025, which is like so three sweet. days from now. That's crazy. Wow. I know. Oof. I just feel really bad for Jamie just knowing – like not only everything that he's been through, but just knowing that um, yeah, that person that is – That she is going to be released and be out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's gotta
1: be terrifying. <sighs> so that's my crazy
0: story for this week.
1: That was a good one. I, those like who the bleep did I marry are always like, I find those almost more haunting just because, and I know this is not, it is it is completely wrong of me. I think it is just that like, it's one of those things where it's like the person telling it in their own words. And then also they're like, I had no idea. Like, I had no idea this person was capable of this. Yeah. Like, he knew that she had some issues, right? But, like, you still don't think that your wife is going to shoot you in the fucking face. Like, it just – I can't even imagine being like, what? Re- what?
0: You know, when you think about it, it really is worth it to pay $10,000 for someone <laughs> to vet your partner. Or what I if mean, you pay $10,000 for somebody I to don't, vet your partner? I'm not like, – and then that person shot you. Do you get
1: a refund? Right? I would demand one. <laughs> well, I mean, she does. She has no guarantees. She has no guarantees, so. Cute. I
0: wouldn't pay $10,000 for anything that didn't have a guarantee.
1: Yeah. No way. No way. <laughs> uh, well, that was a good one. That was a good one. Hey, Jen. Hey, Sal. Are you ready for a love story? Yeah. All right. Always. <laughs> <laughs> well, am I? <laughs> no, I am. I am. I always Are am. You? Are you? <laughs> um, well, this one's a bit, I just a uh, warning. This is a bit of a tearjerker. Oh, man. Okay. So I got my information from a Today article by Kate Hansen from People.com by Jason Dwayne Hahn and from the Washington Post by Kathy Free. Lisa and Peter Marshall first met when they were neighbors in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and at the time they were actually both married to other people and were busy raising their children. So they actually, the couples were family friends, Um, and then Peter's family ended up moving to Connecticut so he could take a job. And so it wasn't till years later that Lisa and Peter got back in touch Uh, And this is because they both learned that that each couple was going through a divorce. So Lisa and Peter reconnected over this shared experience and just kind of like support each other. And their support quickly turned into a relationship. And the two, despite living so far apart, she was in Pennsylvania and he was in Connecticut, they fell in love. And they actually were able to maintain a successful long distance relationship for eight years until all of their, yeah. until their children all went off to college. They didn't want to uproot their children. So they both stayed where they were until their last, their youngest kids were um, college age. And then on August 13th, 2009, Peter and Lisa were married in front of their children. They have five between them in a beachside gazebo in Turks and Caicos. Then Lisa moved to Connecticut to start a new chapter with Peter. And the two had a wonderful marriage. But then around 2016, Lisa began noticing that something was off with Peter. He was like constantly forgetting things and just seemed to be off, she said. So she mostly just chalked it up to like getting older. But I mean, he was only 53. So it's not like an 80 year old, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The friends noticed things were seemed wrong as well. And so after a while, like with convincing from his wife and friends on Valentine's day in 2016, Peter agreed to go see a doctor. So he went first to his primary care doctor who ordered blood work and MRI and referred him to a neurologist. He got like hours of cognitive testing and the primary care physician was like, these results are really off for a person with your education, but there was no diagnosis. So, but Lisa, like, she was like, I know something is not right. And so she kept pushing the issue. And so she found another neurologist who completed an additional test and did a spinal tap. And then on April 30th of 2018, after a year's worth of like searching and going to doctors, Peter got his diagnosis. He had, early onset Alzheimer's. Oh man, that's I know. horrible. I know. I used to, when I was in college, I volunteered at this Alzheimer's unit and of the VA hospital. And they, it was just like the sweetest people. It was like just a fun job. I just went and like did activities and like um, talked with people, but they all had their Um, They were all veterans, like both like men and women, and they all had their pictures from when they were in the service up on like on their doors. And sometimes like this one guy would always come out and be like, who's this handsome guy? Every time. But um Anyway, so Lisa says she clearly remembers the day when they got the diagnosis. She said the n- neurologist was sitting on the exam table, leaning forward with his elbows on his knees. He was delivering his words so deliberately and slowly so that I could understand them. He said it was early onset Alzheimer's, and I was like, cool, let's go get some lunch. She was like, I would not acknowledge it. I couldn't accept it. Like at the time, she just was like, okay, whatever. And like, so Alzheimer's is more common in people like older than 65, but there is early onset Alzheimer's that can happen to people in their 40s and 50s. And it's not like the cause isn't really known. Some people, it's genetic, it's memory problems. I think we all know, have have heard of Alzheimer's or known somebody with Alzheimer's. It is a, um, a hor- horrifying disease on all levels, you know, for the people going through it, for their family members. But Peter and Lisa, like basically said they had no idea how Alzheimer's would really affect their lives. Lisa said, I was completely ignorant, ignorant about it. I didn't know anything at all. I knew cognitively he was slipping quick, but I was in denial. God, that's terrible. Uh, I know. So Peter's disease started, he he progressed pretty quickly. Um, And so to help herself cope, Lisa started documenting their journey on a Facebook page called Oh Hello Alzheimer's. And it was like her, it was a blog. You know, she just was like basically sharing everything they faced, both as Peter's wife and then as, as his full-time caregiver. Actually in 2019, January 2019, Peter's memory had declined to the point where he had to quit his job. Um, And Lisa also quit her job to become his full-time caregiver. She said that like about doing the blog, she said, I think that in the beginning, it was just me really screaming, like, 'Look look at this, look at what's happening to us. I was horrified. I was a desperate, it was a desperate cry. It's been a support for me and a bunch of other people who get it and are going through the same thing. And she writes about all of it, like funny things that happen and the heartbreaking moment. Like she talked about the day that Peter was no longer like no longer recognized her as his wife. Like, I know. So she said, "I, I just want to be open and honest and tell people what we're experiencing because you might be too. And what she's doing is really helping people. She actually gets messages every day from people saying like, thank you, I don't feel so alone, because she really does, like, she doesn't sugarcoat anything. She talks about, like, all of, like, how hard it is, how much she hates it, you know, just, like, the really, it's just, it can be a very dehumanizing disease for both the person who's going through it and for the caregivers, you know. But she still says, like that Peter is her soulmate. She actually wrote on June 22nd, 2021 on her blog. She said, good morning. This disease is unpredictable, but one thing is certain. There's something that I can count on no matter what. Every morning when I open my eyes, I see a vision similar to this one. And she had posted a picture of Peter sitting next to her bed. And she said, my beloved soulmate sitting quietly on the floor of my makeshift office bedroom, Peter waiting ever so patiently for my eyes to open. And Peter, despite his decline and despite the fact that he doesn't really know that who exactly who Lisa is, he still feels the same way about her as he has for the last 20 years. Because in fact, like one day last year, they were sitting on the couch watching TV and there was like a wedding on the show that they were watching. And Peter looks at Lisa and he says, let's do it. And she's like, do what? And he points at the TV and he was like, get married. And she was like, you want to get married? And he was like, yes. And so she said, all right, we should get married then. But then the next day she asked him if he remembered asking her to marry him. And he didn't. And in fact, uh-huh. he was like, it had been six, at that point it had been six months since he had remembered that they were married at all. And Lisa said, he doesn't know that I'm his wife. I'm just his favorite person. She kind of let the idea of like getting married again go. But then in January of this year, Peter's mind took another rapid decline. And since it was also the 20 year anniversary of their romance, she started thinking maybe a vow renewal would be fitting while he is still able to, you know, do certain things and, and be present at certain times. Like she thought maybe we should do this. And her daughter, Sarah Brent, who is, she runs a wedding planning business. And so she really urged her mom to do it. She was like, I'll take care of everything. And Sarah said, I knew that my stepdad, who I'm very close with, was there through some of the toughest times of my life. He means so much to me, and my mom is my best friend, so I was proud to be able to take on such an important role. So Sarah knew there was no time to waste, so within six weeks, she had put together this amazing ceremony for her mom and her stepdad. And on April 26, 2021, with family and friends in attendance, Sarah walked her mother down the aisle to the song unforgettable. And this, I know, right. And this woman named Adrienne DeVivo, who is a dementia specialist. Um, she had actually helped Lisa set up a care plan for Peter. She officiated the wedding. And when Lisa got to the altar, Peter leaned in, he gave his favorite person a kiss. And Lisa says it was just magical. It was straight out of a fairy tale. She said, there wasn't a dry eye and I was over the moon. I hadn't seen Peter that happy in a long time. So Lisa says that through all of this, that her motto has been no regrets. And she actually wrote recently about what that means. She says every single moment of every single day, I will love and respect Peter and be patient and kind when he's grumpy. I vow to playfully bother him until he finally smiles and feels loved. No regrets is something I am manifesting each and every day. I imagine myself the very next day after the last day of our journey, I could see myself clearly now with so much practice, throwing my clenched hands up in a high victory and shouting, I gave Peter a beautiful life and he felt so loved. Aw, Sally. I know. Uh, I know. So this is a tearjerker. It is a tearjerker. <laughs> So unfortunately, since the wedding in April, Lisa has noticed that Peter's cognitive ability has con- continued to decline. He needs he now needs constant supervision. So actually five days a week, she gets a break for a few hours. A bus driver comes and picks him up and he goes to like an adult care center. And she says she knows that one day soon she might have to place him in a memory center uh-huh. Um I know, but she told the Washington Post, she says, one day at a time, I don't know who I am to him now, but I know that he definitely loves me and feels safe when the bus brings him back home each day, we sit on the porch for an hour and hold hands. Oh, my God. And then she told the Washington Post, she said on difficult days that she remembers what her husband told her as they danced to their favorite song, Brown Eyed Girl, after they renewed their wedding vows. He leaned in and whispered in her ear, thank you for staying.
0: Sal!
1: I know! Oh, (laughs) man.
0: That's a good one. That's so sweet. I love that.
1: Isn't that beautiful? Yes, that's
0: gorgeous. I can't
1: wait to see pictures.
0: The pictures are
1: amazing and yeah, I mean there are pictures from their first wedding and from this wedding and of them holding hands on the porch and it's just um it's heartbreaking but I just do think it's like just such a beautiful testament to their love that she is she like they're there together, you know, and and yeah, I just uh, I think it's really beautiful and Um, and if you want to read more, she like writes so much on her blog and she's really candid and it's really, I mean, it's, it's amazing and funny and heartbreaking and all of the things like she's, you know, she'll say when she's angry and say when she's happy and, um, but through all of it, she's like, you know. I, I love him and I'm here for him. Like I'm staying. So yeah, I just love it.
0: Oh, I also, that was a good
1: one. What? Thanks. I have an, a little bit of an update. Do you remember last week we were like, oh man, we should go back through our love stories and see if there's still
0: love stories. If
1: there's still love stories. Well, so on episode 39, we did a story of the love story of Anna Claire and Jimbo Waldrop. Um, And you can go back and listen to that. I'm not going to retell the story, but um, needless to say, like, like this happens every once in a while when we do love stories, we always try to like, let people know if, if we can find them, like, Hey, we, we talked about you on our podcast, like, we hope it's OK. And Anna Claire, actually, after we did um, our love story about them, she had reached out and was like, thank you for doing it. And she had like made a joke because I think I had called him Jim and everybody calls him Jimbo. Um, And so she was like, you gave him another nickname. But anyway, she and I like now follow each other on Instagram. So I have been like watching Aww. their like their love, like continue to grow. They're like the, the cutest couple. And she actually. Like, I know we were joking about, like, nurse babies last week, but now she's just announced that they're pregnant or that she's pregnant. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. So anyway, so congratulations I hope they have nurse babies. I do, too. I do, too. So um, go back and listen to that and then go look at her Instagram because they're, like, the cutest ever. That's Um, so awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. I love it. I know. All right. Let's do something dumb and something we love. Okay.
0: So for something dumb, we didn't really get a chance to talk about it last week because uh, we did, you know, just a real quick episode, but just so heartbroken over what happened at the Astro World Festival. Yeah. Um, and they just posted yesterday that the death toll has now risen to 10. 10 people lost their lives over just something that should just be completely safe. And, and joyful. And, and ex- joyful. Yeah. 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 It's so and, heartbreaking. You know, I know, you know, um, Zach takes the kids to shows and he loves to share music with them. And um, and I always get nervous when he does because of crowds. Yeah. You know, and it's – um, but it, it's just it, – it shouldn't have to be. It, and I know that it was – it was a mishmash of, th- like, things that went poorly that led – this tragedy but it's just completely heartbreaking and I know that like I've been in concerts before where I thought that I like where I was completely lifted off the ground just not by like stage diving but just the the weight of people's bodies around me lifting me up and where my feet weren't even on the ground and I had no control yeah um, that's just because really scary. crowds, it is it's terrifying. Um, and I just, my heart goes out to all of the victims and all of their families. And I just hope that something like this, that people take proper precautions and that this never happens again because it really shouldn't. Um, so that is what I wanted to talk about for something dumb, for something I love, This is going to take a little bit of a different turn, but I love that Sally and I are performing tonight together. That usually doesn't happen unless we're booking like a dumb love show. People don't usually book Sally and I together because they can't have two white lady moms on (laughs) one show who are forty years old. They they can't Can't if we're in the same room.
1: The room implodes, and but like the
0: laughing skull is going to take a chance on us this evening.
1: <laughs> oh, we're going to mom it up in that bitch. <laughs> like if people oh. who have seen both of us together on a show, we're not similar. Like we're our- not. We're
0: totally different yeah. styles of comedy. We have totally different jokes. But we yeah. like,
1: can't have two. No way. So. I mean, we're going to talk about their boobs. I'm
0: excited for that, and I'm excited mm-hmm. about we'll be at the Ogle Bay Resort. Is that yeah. the name of it? Where are we going? Ogle Bay Resort in – West Virginia. In West Virginia in Feb – nope, January. January.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sally's Jen. my manager. Sally, just tell me where to
0: go. Uh, and we're going to be uh, booking some other um, dates around it. So, again, if there's a city you want us to go to, tell us and we'll try our best. Yeah. We'll come to you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I'm excited about that too. Um, so something dumb. Okay. So you, I've talked about this so many times, just about the whole, like coming around to like health at any size and weight and whatever. Um, and that is, that is dumb. The whole, the, the more I learn about it, the more I am like, we have been lied to, you know, just like, like the idea, I just, the what thing that I love is this podcast maintenance phase. I've talked about it. Um, uh, I think multiple times, but there was an episode this week called is being there. The title is is being fat bad for you. And they talk about the notion that a lot of people who want to talk about, uh, Oh, everybody should lose weight. And it's, it's, a uh, It's like a crime, you know, against society to be fat because what about your health? And like so many more fat people die. And it's actually the uh, real research on it. That is not true. That is actually completely false. Um, So anyway, so I really recommend if that is something you have ever heard or you have internalized or somebody has said to you or a doctor has said to you, like, Or even if it's just like, I mean, it's something that I thought. I just took it as like a given, right? That like, oh, obesity kills, right? We have all heard that. And that is actually untrue. There are people with all all sorts of bodies who are at all sorts of different health levels. Anyway, I recommend that podcast. It's called Is Being Fat Bad for You? um, It's a really great episode. Cool. and the other thing I love is another podcast and it is Dave Holmes waiting for impact are you listening to this no I haven't been listening to a lot lately I've been getting um, back into music can you believe it I music can. exists. <laughs> Did a housewife like drop an album? What happened? No, no, you know what it is. That's so
0: funny you said that. Is because because we're in the middle of like transferring utilities and all that stuff. I haven't had cable,
1: oh. and I think
0: I threw me out of my like my routine of pure garbage. Yeah, of like, like watching housewives the garbage and then at listening. night, true crime podcasts in the day, podcasts about housewives, and so I'm like, wait
1: what's music again (laughs) it's amazing isn't it yeah (laughs) every once in a while i get back into it and then and then you start having thoughts and then that's done yeah (laughs) Uh, but anyway dave holmes waiting for impact it's all about um he's it's like doing a 90s deep dive into all like your favorite bands and um he's looking for this one band that like was supposed to be big and never made it and it's so good um, and I love Dave Holmes. He's, he's great. So yeah, I he's highly like our recommend big,
0: that. our big brother throughout the years, Dave Holmes. Yeah. You know,
1: you yeah. feel like you're like, he's like the cool older brother that we all had. One hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I feel like we'd be best friends if I knew him. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so those are the things I love. Awesome. Well, guys, we did it. We did a full episode. It happened. I can't tell you we're going to do one next week because <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. I mean, yeah, that's definitely not happening. Sorry, guys. Sorry. But we'll be back the week after, we promise. Yeah, I mean, you guys aren't listening next week anyway. So Yeah, you got um, food to eat. Yeah, you have food. You're all – you have that family hangover. It's the whole thing. In the meantime, please reach out. You can find us on TikTok, Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, all at Dumb Love Podcast. You can email us at DumbLovePod at gmail.com. You can rate and review. Somebody rated and reviewed us this week. It was so nice. We loved yeah. it. It made our week. Thank um, you. So go do that and tell a friend. We'd love that. Uh, do all of the things that Sally just told you to do.
0: And also, uh, don't forget to get out there and do something dumb for love. dum dumb, dum 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 down da dum da dum down da dum down da dum down da